Episode 10 of the Football v. Football Podcast. Today we're going to be doing a Week 3 NFL recap of the games today. An action-packed Sunday. And we actually had a recap uh, last week as well, uh, but I, uh, I messed up the audio, unfortunately. So uh, hopefully in, in, in subsequent, subsequent weeks we can... Um, uh, like have a round table of, uh, folks so we can get different opinions. And, um, I think that would be, uh, pretty cool. So, um, just going to do this today, uh, uh, solo and, um, go through some of the games. So, uh, starting with the Philadelphia Eagles who defeated the Washington commanders 24 to eight. So a few notes on this game on Philadelphia's side, Devonta Smith, transcendent and this is a guy that he if he was the only good receiver on this team without AJ Brown um, could have days like this almost every week of 150 yards and multiple touchdowns he definitely has that ability and it looks like he's becoming more more sturdy uh, more built for this league he was able to withstand a lot of uh, big hits today I remember one there was a deep bomb maybe it was about 50 yards, and he got almost sandwiched between two uh, Washington defenders, and he flipped over, and he he was okay. Back in Alabama, or maybe even last year in this league, if that had happened to him, he would have almost definitely gotten injured. So, really good to see that kind of progression from him. Um, good stuff again from Jalen Hurts and, and A.J. Brown and this team overall. 24 to 8. That's nothing to sneeze at. It should have been 24 to 2, really. There was a really late game touchdown by Washington. But Philly looks like a good team. There was a lot of hype about them at the beginning of the year. I wasn't, I didn't really see it, to be honest. But um, as I'm watching this, this year, they're doing well. Very solid in all facets of the game. For Washington, their defense, I will give a lot of credit to their run defense. They were very stout. They um, they stopped Hurts a number of times. I didn't, I don't remember Miles Sanders or or Gainwell doing too much. Uh, I think that there was a a goal line stop that they had that was very impressive. And then also they um, had a safety on a uh, uh, on one of Philly's runs when they were backed up in the end zone. So credit to their run defense. Uh, but that's about it. Their pass defense. Really bad, really bad. I think it's been like that maybe the past um, or, or the entire season so far. And on offense, just not much to. I mean, they couldn't string anything together. Um, I look forward to when Brian Robinson enters this offense. I think he's going to add a big spark to it. Antonio Gibson didn't do much. Average. I think it was something like when I, last time I saw it, it was 11 rushes for 33 yards, and he got that very, very late touchdown at the end of the game when they were already losing 24-2. So, not much to be impressed with, uh, but by Washington in this game, um, I thought I'd, they had some hope. Maybe after the first two games, they showed some problems on, on offense, but those were against some some weaker teams. It looks like so they're going to have to improve a lot to be formidable 
and even contend for a playoff spot. But right now, I don't really see it. Next game, Indianapolis Colts defeat the Kansas City Chiefs 20-17. to The shocker of the week. I don't think anybody saw this coming. Uh, starting with, uh, you know, Kansas City. The, the, the biggest takeaway of this game is that fight between, you know, the verbal argument between... Um, Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback, and the offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. Mahomes wanting to go for it at the end of the second quarter, at the end of the first half. Um, and the, the way the game played out, it looks like they should have. I mean, that really kind of crystallizes this, this whole argument more because they ended up losing the game and it was only by three points. So... Bienemy hasn't been able to get a job in this league for many years, even though he's been the OC of the, the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's been kind of a mystery as to why. But it, it seems like there's only bad stuff coming out about his dealings in, in some of these moments and maybe dealings with some of his players. It's There's no doubt that... Andy Reid is probably, he, he's the offensive mind. He's guiding a lot of this. And, you know, Biennemi has been tied to, to him just because he is the offensive coordinator. Andy Reid can't be both. But it's not a good look. It's not a good look. And I will say just watching this game, Mahomes, he continues to show his athleticism. He's a tremendously skilled uh, runner, the way he goes, the way he slides, the way he uh, moves around in and out of the pocket. He, he had more of those sidearm throws and just a tremendous athlete. And he's continued to ascend in his time in, in the NFL. Um, I remember him playing at Texas Tech and he was not nearly as polished as this. So he continues to be very impressive. The loss of Tyreek Hill is starting to show for sure. Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling are just kind of average receivers at this point. They're nowhere near the the breakout receiver Tyreek is. And Kelsey had some good plays today, but there was a play at the end where he could have won the game and didn't pull through. And he took uh, blame for that. I think he came out and said that after the game. But, you know, Indianapolis at the beginning of the game... I saw that their best receiver, Michael Pittman, only had three receptions for four yards. It, it was looking bleak. It was looking just like, because they got blanked last week. It, it was looking pretty pretty bleak for them. But the way they came back in this game showed a lot of fight, showed a lot of heart. And, you know, th- this was kind of touted by people like, you know, Bill Simmons and a lot of people in the media as a blow that this would this is the guarantee of the week the chiefs beating the the colts but this shows why you should never you know bet on an NFL game um this was the you know perceived best team in the league versus possibly the perceived worst team in the league a lot of these power rankings had them at polar ends and to see what happened today you know any given any given sunday you know uh, something like this can happen and uh, shows that there's parity in this league. I mean, it happens all the time. So 
Um, yeah, Indianapolis 20, Kansas City 17. Maybe they took them too lightly. Um, but huge, huge, huge win for the Colts. Huge win. So we'll see what happens in that AFC South division now. So Moving on to the Chicago Bears beating the Houston Texans 23-20. to um, On Houston's side, I thought they finally got Damian Pierce. They're starting to get Damian Pierce involved a little bit. I think he had 20 carries, 80 yards, and a touchdown. His first touchdown in the NFL. Uh, you know, Lovey Smith was extra motivated in this game, even though I, I low-key think that Houston is trying to lose games. Houston, or Lovey Smith, was was motivated to 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 beat his old team here, the Bears, and they absolutely had a chance. It was close all game. Fields was getting nothing. I mean, they 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 weren't doing. They weren't doing anything. I mean, Fields was was getting stopped all game, um, but it was all Khalil Herbert. I mean, this was the Khalil Herbert game, the running back for the, the Chicago Bears after Montgomery went down. That guy's a tremendous player. He's a really, really good player. That's why I ranked him so high at the at the um, beginning of the season uh, or before the season with in the running back rankings. There. If Montgomery is going to stay healthy, which I don't know that he will, Khalil Herbert is a great, great backup to him and could be the starter. Another thing I'll say about Houston is that their offensive line is terrible. And the fact that Damian Pierce is getting any yards at all, let alone averaging, you know, whatever he did today, what is that, 20 20 carries, 80 yards, anybody worse than Damian Pierce would do a lot worse and this game wouldn't have been competitive. They got Nico Collins involved a little bit. Davis Mills threw some interceptions. Yeah, I mean, this team has potential, but it's just... I think they can do a lot better. I still think they're kind of throwing games for a high draft pick. So, Next game, Baltimore Ravens beat the New England Patriots 37-26. to So Baltimore here, uh, Lamar Jackson... You know, my, my opinion of this guy is he is, one, of course, the best running quarterback in the league. That's not a question. He's the best running quarterback in the league. Two, he is the best quarterback throwing to tight ends in the league, and it showed that again today. Mark, Not only Mark Andrews, but there's another, maybe one or two other tight ends that he continued to throw to. And that, he, he just, he kills it. He kills it when he throws the tight ends. But... Him trying to get Rashad Bateman involved, or even, you know, DuVernay, he has maybe one big throw to DuVernay, like, all th- all three of these first uh, first three games. But Bateman, he just, the deep threat guy, like, DuVernay is even kind of a, uh, uh, like a midfield kind of target for him. But Bateman, he's supposed to be the big deep threat, the, 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 the quintessential number one big receiver. And Lamar is just not accurate enough to continue continuously get him the ball. And that might have been okay today against the Patriots, who are just struggling overall. But in those big games, this deficiency in the accuracy, when, when a good defense, when, when he starts playing against really good defenses, this deficiency in his 
deep ball accuracy or even like anything past the middle of the field is going to start showing up and you know maybe it's something they'll work on and, and and they'll get better at but this is something I continue to see all throughout his career so far um, New England they finally got Devontae Parker involved and I'm glad they they, they did that. He had he showed a lot of promise with the Dolphins. Glad he's finally getting a chance. There was a play with Mac uh, Mac Jones pitching the ball uh, on a two point conversion to Ramondre Stevenson, and then Ramondre pitching it back to 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 Mac Jones. That I thought should have been uh, I thought I thought should have counted. They said Stevenson was down, but that play was just that was incredible. You know just. I don't. I don't know if it was the, the design of the play, but a running back thinking to, to kind of option it back off to his quarterback, and then the quarterback running into the end zone. I think he ran like at least like three or four yards through some contact and got in there. I thought that was a really cool play. I thought that was really, um, really unique. It's it's a shame they didn't count it. Um, but one takeaway here for, for New England, you know, Mac Jones getting pounded every game this season. It's going to be interesting to see how much he can, how much more he can take. It looked like he exited with another injury today. He had a leg injury. Last week he had a back injury. You know, if this team has to go to Brian Hoyer, um, they're going to be pretty bad. And there's only so much that those those running backs are really good. I like uh, Damian uh, Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, and they have some other guys that are good as well, and they have good receivers. I like the rece- I like Devontae Parker. I like Jacoby Myers, and um, who's the other guy? A third guy, I forget, but they have solid receivers. Aguilar. Um, nothing spectacular. I think Devontae could be could be a a, a legit wide receiver one, but if they have to go to Hoyer again. It's going to be tough. So this line has to find a way to protect Mac Jones. Going to the next game, Carolina Panthers beat New Orleans Saints 22-14. to For Carolina, although they did win this game, they're still not getting DJ Moore involved. You know, something with Baker Mayfield, you saw something similar in, in Cleveland where he'll just fade his best receiver. Like, it happened with Odell in, uh, in Cleveland. And... It drove him out. I mean, that that's why he's no longer on, on the Browns. Because this isn't always going to work. I think maybe he is... He's kind of scared or he's he's tepid when he when he sees a, a good cornerback. And he doesn't even try. So, the way he's playing quarterback now is not going to be sustainable. you got to get DJ Moore the ball more. Uh, you're playing against the Saints... You barely win, that's fine. But moving forward, you got to get DJ Moore the ball more. For New Orleans, um, Mark Ingram, he is one of those unicorns. It's looking like he he's looking very similar to Frank Gore. It looks like he's one of those guys that just has a long career inexplicably. Uh, he looks like he's going to. He's going to plot his way to the Hall of Fame. It, it, it just seems like he's going to continue to rack up yards like this. And the Saints defense, they're going to be the downfall of this team. They continue to play poorly. Uh, there was also talk of Jameis possibly not starting. 
uh, next week. And Andy Dalton may be taking over. I think if the losses continue to rack up for New Orleans, they're just going to turn to Andy Dalton. Um, maybe Taysom Hill. I don't know. I mean, maybe they'll continue to give Taysom Hill more more work and just run it like that. But to to squander the talents of Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Olave, who had a big day today, with a an average quarterback like Winston, uh, it's just a shame. It's a shame. So, moving on to the next game. Cincinnati Bengals beat the New York Jets 27-12. to My main takeaway of this game is that the New York Jets had a ton of chances to stay in this game, and they just squandered them over and over and over. Those 12 points were just four field goals. And, you know, Flacco kind of emptied the gun at the end of last game. It seems like this is what we saw at the end of the last game when they came back against the Browns. That's not what Flacco is now. This game was what Flacco is now to go an entire game without scoring a touchdown. And Cincinnati wasn't super impressive, to be honest. They just did enough to win. Jamar Chase didn't do do a bunch. Um, T Higgins got injured, but then came back. Tyler Boyd had a good had a good reception and run. Joe Mixon didn't do much. I think P. Ryan, his backup, did more than him. Bengals, they don't seem to be very... Let me put it this way. I think there is a very, very, very low chance they get back to the Super Bowl this year. Uh, less than 5%. They looked like they were kind of pumped up last year, and, and, and this year they're going to maybe fall to to average, just barely make the playoffs maybe. So, on to the next game. Miami Dolphins beat the Buffalo Bills 21-19. to This was a great, great close game. Miami just plays great games, it seems. It's, it's always entertaining to watch their games. On Buffalo's side, Isaiah McKenzie really popped in this game. He's a great, great speedy player. I noticed that James Cook, their running back, the rookie running back, is a, is a great blocker, and that's going to bode well for his future in this league. And on the other other side of that, their their start, starting running back Devin Singletary, I think his only chance to remain in this league and have a long career is to continue to be a pass catcher the way he is. That's his best skill. His skills as a runner, he's not able to get through a lot of these big defensive linemen, but he was a tremendous pass catcher today. And when he when you get him in space, that's when he's most valuable. And so he really excelled in that today. So I think his future in the league. Is is in that as a like a James White type of role. Josh Allen collapsed in the fourth quarter. Uh, at the end of the game, he should have thrown four or five picks. I mean, those Dolphins defenders were getting their hands on it, on everything. And this is not indicative. This close score, 21-19, is not indicative of Miami should have absolutely won this game and and, and by more. And there should have been a pick six. And um, the fact that it was even this close. And you know we saw we all saw maybe the the video takeaway of this this whole week was the Bills' offensive coordinator I believe in the booth throwing papers breaking headsets breaking tablets just absolutely going crazy when they when they couldn't get a field goal off at the end of the game um, 
but Buffalo is a good team. I think they'll rebound from this. There, there are some exceptional things about this game. This game was in, it was very hot, especially for late September. I think it was a hundred degrees. People were cramping up. Stephon Diggs was especially, they showed him many times cramping up. Uh, I thought Miami did a great job of making Diggs pretty much useless in this game. And I think one of Miami's big strengths is being able to use, so Jalen Waddle and Tyreek may be the best duo, wide receiving duo in the league, but their ability to create a diversion for one or the other. Um, th there was many plays where Tyreek was just a diversion and he gathered two or three receivers um, and that allowed for you know Waddle to get past the safety and, and have a big play um, so I think that's one of their huge uh, that's something they can they can continue to use over the uh, over the weeks to continue to gain an advantage have one of them create a diversion draw two or three of the defensive backs and then have the other one go and have so, uh, solo coverage so um, yeah, I don't know how much longer it's going to stay this this hot in in Miami. I think Tampa was also very hot as well, but that's a huge advantage to um, to Miami and a big reason why they won this game. It's also a divisional game, but that was a huge reason why they won this game. So on to the next game, Minnesota Vikings beat the Detroit Lions 28 to 24. So on Detroit side, um, they did very. They came in with the game plan to keep Justin Jefferson out of the game, and they executed that perfectly um, until the very end. I mean, they kept Justin Jefferson out of the game, but the defense itself blew the game at the very end. They should have had this game. They were up by 10 late in the fourth quarter, um, and they just blew it to, to the, uh, the other, other guys other than Justin Jefferson. I think Madison, K.J. Osborne, the peripheral guys are the ones that were able to um, seal this game the Kirk Cousins of essentially Kirk Cousins continues to shine in these nine non-primetime games you get him in a primetime game he's a completely different player but in these games he continues to shine and he, he won this game at the end one other thing about uh, the Lions they have they have great offensive weapons and, and it continued to show today they put up 24 points Amon Ross St. Brown, Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift. They have great offensive weapons, and this team is just missing a little something, a little something on defense to seal games. And they're, these past years, they've been so close, but um, maybe they'll put it together. I'm not sure. So the next game, the Tennessee Titans beat the Las Vegas Raiders 24-22. On Tennessee's side... This is uh, this is Derrick Henry's season. This is where he's he's gonna feast now until he until he gets injured, and they're gonna use him a lot, just like they do every year. Uh, I gotta give big credit to the Tennessee defense. Uh, there was a play where Darren Waller should have caught a touchdown, but he heard footsteps, and they had gotten to his into his head, and just as he was about to catch the ball, he kind of shielded himself. So. Um, he don't, didn't only shield himself. He the, the ball came off of him, and then it got intercepted. Uh, it get in, intercepted in the end zone. So 
that was a defining moment in the game. Um, Devontae Adams had a great catch, and they just got to throw it up to him more. I mean, honestly, I mean, that's Derek Carr's forte. Derek Carr was was less accurate today. Uh, Tennessee defenders were getting their hands on everything. But you you, you got to get Devontae the ball more. I mean, you just you got to throw those moon balls up to him. That's that's Devontae, that, that's Derek Carr's forte, and that's what Devontae can be good at. So there just needs to be more of that. And it, it, it's something I see similar to the Seattle offense where it, there's a certain way that you can just get DK the ball more, and Geno just didn't, needs to do that. And I'll talk about that in in the next game coming up here. But they need to do that a lot more. They only gave him – he only got two catches last week, and – this week was also they didn't give him the ball enough, so there just needs to be more Devontae. Speaking of the Seahawks, the next game, Atlanta Falcons beat the Seattle Seahawks 27 to 23. I could talk a lot about this game, obviously, um, but the you know the Falcons had good defensive back play, um, but the only thing that you know Seattle was doing was essentially. Dump, dunking it down to their, their their tight ends. I mean, the tight ends were, were feasting in this game. Will Will Disley had a touchdown. Parkinson had a had a big play. Uh, DK didn't get involved till the very end, and they were playing good defense on him. But on the other side, Seattle's defensive backs are just awful, just really bad. And they were missing some guys, Artie Burns, Sidney Jones, but those those aren't even the starters. And there was a game losing turnover by by Gino again, and it's just uh, as a Seahawks supporter, it just uh, it's giving me PTSD. And uh, this team is tough to watch. I mean, Seattle's tough to watch. They give up a lot of points on 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 defense and a lot of big chunk plays. Even if they don't give up touchdowns, they just give up these huge chunk plays and they play this soft zone, and it's tough to watch. It's uh it's it's nothing like this this team used to be, and um. Gino's not coming back in these games. I mean, that's not that's not what he does. I mean, he plays. There's uh, there is some efficiency into what he does, but he's just not exceptional, and he's he, he's not going to win games where they have to come back like this. So, that was the story of this game. Los Angeles Rams uh, beat the Arizona Cardinals 20 to 12. Um, Arizona. The first thing I noticed is I remember that J.J. Watt was on this team. I had completely forgotten. He he got a sack late in the game. Hollywood Brown, uh, they're finally getting him involved and integrated. He, there's there's some plays where he doesn't show a lot of effort, but he's extremely talented, and he was catching balls over uh, Jalen Ramsey. So if you throw it in in his direction, he'll get it. But if if it requires like running for it or, or giving a like a ton of effort, I, I saw him take some some plays off essentially, or, or just get frustrated and, and show it. Um, for the Rams, I will say that uh, Cam Akers is probably the most uh, bipolar player in terms of production. I mean, he'll give you everything or he'll, he'll give you nothing. Um, I think he had one touchdown today, and then everything else he was just not doing anything. I think uh, Darrell Henderson did uh, did more than him today. The Cooper Cup to, to Stafford connection wasn't as sharp as it normally is, but it was enough to win. These teams are again. This is a divisional game. These teams are very familiar with each other. Um, I thought this game could have gone either way. The Rams were maybe a little bit better today, but um, Kyler continues to just be be dangerous week to week. And Greg Dortch 
I mean, I'm a big fan of Greg Dortch. He, he got him involved. They need they need a running back. James Conner's not going to do it. This team needs a running back. You know, Benjamin's not going to not going to do it. So if Arizona gets a running back, they could be dangerous. When they get Hopkins back, they will be dangerous. But the Rams were a little better today. So moving to the late window games, the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the the Los Angeles Chargers 38 to 10. That's more than beating. That's a whooping. Uh, Jacksonville. Some notes I have here. They're not utilizing Travis Etienne enough. Uh, these are the best years to use him, and they're just maybe they're just using Robinson, James Robinson, until he gets injured. They're, they're, they're and he's. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say he's not a good player. I think he is a good player, but Etienne has the possibility of being like one of the best pass catching running backs in the league. I mean, the way he breaks tackles, the way he gives effort, the way the, how fast he is. I think um can't say much in a 38 to 10 game. I just think that there could be more. They're leaving a lot on the table but not using him more. Um the Trevor Lawrence to Zay Jones connection is real. It's I mean they they have they're seeing eye to eye. I mean that's that, that he he clearly prefers Zay Jones and and they have a great rapport. So if you have the, uh, you know, and Zay Jones is, you know, if you need somebody like in fantasy or something, for example, Zay Jones is a is a great pickup. Jacksonville defense, uh, Trayvon Walker, their their number one pick, that that linebacker, he he's a game wrecker, man. This guy, he he's great as both a pass rusher and in coverage. I saw him cover a a tight end or a receiver today and got a pass deflection and he looked like a like a defensive back but he's like a linebacker and a pass rusher he just like plays everything he's like a like a like a Mika Parsons type type player just he, he he's just everywhere so he's very impressive Jacksonville defense overall is impressive they've gotten a lot of high picks over over the last uh, few years on on defense and it's showing this team is kind of coming together um Justin Herbert was playing hobbled and without Keenan Allen, but you know, n- nonetheless, this this defense looked good. Um, and I will say that Mike Williams, he continues to get better every year. Uh, he wasn't, they didn't throw him the ball as much today, but he he is a number one receiver, I would say. Uh, and it it was the fault of Herbert in this offense that he wasn't as involved as he should have been today. So. Moving on to the next game, the Green Bay Packers uh, beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 14-12. to So on the Green Bay side, uh, Rodgers seems to be creating good wide receivers, as he always does with these rookies, Romeo Dobbs, and then also the, the improvement we saw from Christian Watson from the first week to the second week, even though he was out this week. That's just what he does. He creates great receivers, and he has his own way of motivating them and, and getting them to get better. But that that was essentially this game. It was just his connection with Lazard and, and, and Dobbs. And it was a 14-12 game. It was a close game. I don't know how Tampa Bay actually managed to keep this game competitive. I, I watched most of the game. I, I still don't know. Fournette had some plays. You know, they, they were missing Mike Evans and Julio Jones. But kudos to Tom Brady for, for, for keeping this game close and that, and that running game. Other than that, it was a very kind of boring game. Finally, the Denver Broncos beat the San Francisco 49ers 11-10 in a game that was very, very difficult to watch. 
it was 7.5 for like most of the game. Um, one thing I'll say here is that the, the learning curve for Russell Wilson and, and Nathaniel Hackett in Denver has been way steeper than I expected, um, especially given their great offensive weapons. And I'll, I'll say that there might be something to be said about this new strategy about not playing your quarterback in the, in the preseason, especially if it's a new quarterback and a new offense and a new system. I think that might be one explanation for it might just be rust. Rust for Russ. Um, and they had a late t- uh, touchdown drive that, that salvaged this game um, for Russ, and he looked like he used to in Seattle. But it was very late in the game, and, and it very could, easily could have gone the other way. Um, both defenses, I thought, for most of this game looked looked really good. Garoppolo kind of reverted back to what he, what he was. Not great. Kittle was just kind of getting his feet wet. He just came back finally for the for the uh, first game of the season today and yeah these these look like okay teams um but their defenses are definitely better than their offenses so just some takeaways i had just overall um related to accessories of basically the wearables of the nfl so what I'm starting to notice more and more is a lot of players are, are wearing long t-shirts below their jerseys and they're t-shirts that are terrible. And when I say that, I don't mean T-E-R-R-I-B-L-E. I mean T-E-A-R-A-B-L-E. So when a defender tries to tackle them instead of getting their jersey, which would, would bring them down, which is made of better material, this t-shirt material tears away and allows the offensive player to continue to run and they're exploiting that on the other side of it the defense continues to be very very effective at punching out the ball for fumbles I mean most of the fumbles you see now are punch outs so I foresee what Play, offensive players already have with those sticky gloves, whatever that sticky material is, that also being added to the arm, the armbands that they have. Some sticky armband so that you are less likely to, to fumble the ball. I think that's going to become prevalent soon. So look out for that. <laughs> and remember where you heard it. Um, I'll finish this with my hottest take, which is I think that Cordero Patterson is is on something. I'm not going to say what he is on, but there's something that he is doing to defy aging. It's not like I mean, you know, guys like Frank Gore, Mike, Mark Ingram, the who I mentioned earlier, they look even though they continue to be effective, they look like they're veterans in the league. Cordero Patterson has been in the league for 10 years and doesn't look like veteran he was jumping over people he was breaking through tackles he didn't used to play like this he used to be a receiver or a turn man and then to go to running back and be this effective I'm just gonna say there's there's something going on there you fill in the blank so that's our show for today that's the week three recap Follow us on all social medias. Um, 
on Instagram, football underscore V underscore football. On Twitter, fball v fball. This podcast is on YouTube and Spotify and Anchor. And to support the podcast, we're on Kofi. K-O-F-I forward slash football v football. So as I mentioned before, hopefully in subsequent weeks, we'll be able to get a uh, roundtable going to get more opinions on this. I think that would be a lot more fun. So stay tuned for that hopefully next week. But in the meantime, thanks all for listening. I appreciate it. Have a fantastic day, football fans.